Epic gumdrop, sweeter than a pair of green-tinted glasses. Hello, Jeff. Hey, James. How's it going? So far, so good. Today, we are going to talk about 504. Yes. In, in, a, in a way, we're not talking about a game. No. We're talking about all the games. All the games. So, uh, I guess we'll get right to somebody going, huh? Yes. I, I accidentally clicked on an episode that was another number. Is it episode yes. 504? I don't understand what you're... Nope, 504 is a delightful, if you if you haven't heard of it, <laughs> if you're not knee deep in board games, if your shelves aren't creaking, uh, it's a lovely board game by uh, Freedom and Freeze um, uh, called 504 because there is theoretically 504 different permutations of game in the box. Um, I guess I'll, one of the best ways to just come at it is to uh, give his description that he gives himself uh, over on Board Game Geek back in April of two, 2015. Uh, he kind of describes the challenge that he had set out for himself. He says, yes, it's only one game. I want to play 504 times the challenge. My design of a modular game building, modular game building game that creates 504 different games out of one box. There are nine different modules, game systems, and I take three of them, put them in the order. I would like to build a new game out of this situation. So I have nine different choices for the first position, eight remaining for the second spot, and last but not least, seven for the third spot. This generates nine times eight times seven, 504 different games. The first spot is responsible for the main game, victory points and game end conditions. The second module takes care of the economy, the idea of how money will be earned in the game. And the third module is more or less flavor. The game 504, uh, okay, yeah, he talks about when it's going to be published. And then he notes that he had at that point played 144 out of them. Uh, so the first two modules, nine times eight is 72. So he figures he's played the first two modules, the most important two really, uh, twice each. Right. So he'd played a lot of this game, really. You'd have to. Then he goes on to say, um, so the name is 504 because of the combinations. Also, it starts with an F, which is his thing. His games often start with the uh, letter F and also are the color green, which is, yeah, it's, if you're going to pick something, I guess that's good. Um, he says, I started designing it at the end of 2011. Two years later, I had something almost stable to play with. At the beginning of 2015, the system worked out very well. It is now what I always wanted to create. Just put three modules together and you get a good game. Maybe some of the games are weaker, but a lot of them are just great. And the best I, and the best, I can play games I had never considered to design myself. I'm not a big majority games big fan of majority games, but now I, I do have designed 168 different majority games. On the other hand, I like stock share games like 1830, 2038, Imperial, etc. Now I also have 168 of them. <laughs> Very interesting. I do have 42 different stock trading majority games, seven different types with a, permu with a permutation of six each. What should I, what, what should I say? Uh, still an amazing but brain-burning concept. Yes. Um, a good time to point out that uh, that he's, uh, he's German. So yes, <laughs> there is a, a little. He's, his English is quite good. Very good. Yes. Um, and uh, another place I read, he said it was about three and a half years of hard work. Mm -hmm. um, he also notes on the uh, just is a note of interest about the design process. Um, uh, do I have it here? I don't know that I do. He basically set up a computer program to run through this. Yes. Uh, which I think you'd have to do. Um, oh, he notes. Uh, he wrote a computer simulation. Uh, he tested 144 combinations that he ran through with the computer. So I'm assuming those those two mm -hmm. of each of the first two. He actually ran through just by himself with a, this computer program that played out all the bits. 
Um, and uh, some of them face-to-face, some on the computer. And if the simulation was bug-free, he can simulate about 10 games a workday to have at least 100 games a month tested. Uh, and at that point, he was like, okay, well, I got about three and a half months left of testing. So that is bonkers. Uh-huh. Um, and not entirely surprising to come from him as a designer, I think. If there was one guy that would design it, yes. I could definitely see it being him. Yes. I think any other designer announces they're attempting something like this, everybody goes, well, we're never going to hear from them again. <laughs> exactly. Check their house next year. Yes. <laughs> see if someone's fed the cat outside. Just the twitching pile of, on the floor <laughs> that used to be a game designer. Uh, but from him, people are like, uh, okay, if there's anyone that can math the mathiness of this math mess, yeah. it is him. It's going to be somebody with some programming skills, somebody mm-hmm. who likes economic games. Yep. And, you know, I think if you were anybody in the, in, you know, that's into big into hobby games, if you're looking at this, you, you clearly are good with a lot of what comes out with Freeze, mm-hmm. like games like Power Grid and, you know, Black Friday. <laughs> Yeah, excuse me. They're not, they're light, but they're not light. They're not they're not super complex games, no. but they're not gateway games by any measure. They all have some sort of system of gears in them. Yeah. That uh that works and oftentimes on the surface seem very complicated. Yeah. But once you get used to them, make perfect sense. Yeah, and they're enjoyable to twiddle and mm-hmm. and you're like I like being in this giant gearbox. Yes. Uh, I wrote, I started writing a bit of a diary as I went through the process of engaging this game and playing through some of the first modules uh, mm-hmm. with my game partner slash eight-year-old son. And uh, you can check that out on our website, uh, breakingdads.com. Um, a, that was one of my big thoughts on it was about, it. it is a giant box of gears mm-hmm. that you've been handed and they're really cool gears. And you, you have to be interested in embracing that kind of uh, mechanical process and if you're not, this game will be really off-putting. Yes. Like, I don't know. How did you feel about when you heard about the game initially? I was excited by the idea. I like, uh, you know, because I like Lego. Mm-hmm. And to me, this is like the Lego of board games. Right. Where they go, here's a bunch of pieces. Yeah. And here's some ways they can fit together. But you're going to make what you want out of it. You're going you're gonna to play the game the way you want eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked that. That appealed to me. Hmm. Um, and then, and then you open the box in front of me, and then it really appealed to me. <laughs> yeah, it's really pretty. The uh, they put a lot of effort mm-hmm. into uh, I, the uh, all the arts done by Harold Liska, who is you know, you'd probably the settlers of Catan tiles, if anything else, yeah. or the old ones at least. Uh, lots of other games Auf Axa, Castles of Burgundy, La Granja, uh, the Spakerstadt, uh, a bunch of freeze games, many many others. He's, he does really evocative, nice art. Uh, not over it doesn't overwhelm you, mm-hmm. but it, it suits the game. Yeah. Like in Catan, you're just like, yeah, this isn't the best art ever in a way, but it it's like it it's it not suits it's it perfectly. not distracting. Exactly. Yeah. No, it does its purpose, and that's what makes it so great. It's mm-hmm. not brash and loud and and the first thing I thought when I opened this box was, oh, this reminds me of Catan. I was like, oh, of course it does. Um, and the components themselves are, you know, they he gives you a wide variety of goodies. Like, this is how you know the game was overthought. Hmm. There are components in the box that aren't used in any module. Only one. Yeah. Well, sorry, a component. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I know. But, how, you know, that doesn't happen in games. No. Right? But in a 
sort of quasi toolkit like this. That's it exactly does. it. And I think that yeah, I, both, I think it was a bit of a joke. To, there's a, a tile in it that's a little uh, motorboat. Yeah. And there's, there's some of the worlds that have more water than others. So you can do interesting things. And um, there's, yeah, this little boat that is a, a, in the rule book. It explains how many, what percentage of games each component's used in. And he's mapped all that out, of course. And the motorboat, 0% of games. And like, yeah, it's like that. Okay, that's very funny in a way, in a weird, bizarre, you know, board game jokey way. But also it's an invitation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wrote in my thing there, like, the morning after we started playing it, I, I woke up and my kid was already downstairs. He had disassembled it all and he had made a game with a boat. Right. Like that was the first thing he just gravitated. He saw it. He's like, oh, this is cool. And I was like, yes, that is exactly what this game kind of is about. It's It says to you, hey, like you should monkey with this. Uh, not only have your 504 different possibilities, but mm-hmm. I, I think it kind of invites you into the process a little bit. So... If that's the kind of person you are, then yes. this is the kind of game you definitely want to play. Uh, if you're looking for a gateway game right after Ticket to Ride, no. 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 Turn around, leave the store. No. Because the uh, the upside of its modularity, that's not a word. Mod- modularity. Modularity. That's it. The upside of being module is uh, its flexibility. Yeah. The downside is it is sometimes difficult to get through the rules. There's two rule books. Yes. Uh, there's the rule book that kind of, um, it gives you an overview of everything. It mm-hmm. explains how the system works. There's some general game system rules. Um, there's two pages of rules for every one of the, the top mm-hmm. modules. So for the, those nine modules, there's a two page rules thing. Cause yeah. that, you're going to need to know those. Um, but again, you learn them as you kind of go through. Yep. And then the first example game he recommends, which is game one, two, three. It's a simple pickup and deliver game. He has a two-page spread that goes like through the rules just by itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's great and well. And you read that and you're like, whoa, okay, this is heavy. <laughs> but then you see that there's also a two-page rule spread that explains how to read the other rule book that comes yes. with it, which is the, the Book of Worlds, which is the flip book, like a three-part flip coil bound mm-hmm. thing where you can mix and match and make your your 504 worlds that book is really intimidating when you first open it mm-hmm. your brain melts a little like you're, you're just like this okay this isn't the biggest typeface and no. uh what and by necessity things can't be written in order no because you know the order the turn sequence of events is affected by which module you're using for each part. Exactly. Yes. And so you have to go in alphabetical order without all of the alphabet being present. Yeah. And not particularly being printed in order. And there's a lot of like, uh, like let's say you're playing it and you read through the rules and there's a little pop box that says, okay, now if you're playing with module nine as the second uh, part, uh, then you do this. If you're playing with uh, whatever it as a third part, then do this. If you're playing with it as the first part, don't do either of these two yes. things. And so there's a lot of exclusions. And mm-hmm. I was just, my head was hurting so bad trying to, like, I'm okay. I'm getting better with rules. I, yep. I'm not the best with them, but it, I worked through it. I was like, okay, I set it up. I had a dummy game going. Um, and I, I found it frustrating just yeah, assembling all of that alphabet, building mm-hmm. the alphabet, and then... It, pulling out some of the letters of the alphabet yes and then trying to recite it backwards to myself at top speed and i was like i somebody out there had built a web app because yes. i was thinking so okay this is ridiculous technology to the rescue thank goodness somebody's built an app where you type in the world you want and it it 
collates the rules you need mm-hmm. and gets rid of the ones you don't. Yes. And that had, that will save me, I think, from getting frustrated with this game as a person that's okay-ish with rules. Yes. I you have a, you have I like a lo- love-hate relationship with rules. You I like rules. I do love them. You I just like hate following them. them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which I think a lot of people are like. Yeah. It's learning new rules, especially this many. Yes. Overwhelming. With subtle differences in the rules. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing too. And like I, I also came to this game knowing I would screw up every game I played <laughs> the first time. And that's so, and he even makes a note of that. He's like, you know what? Make sure you have a rewind button on this game. Like, don't yeah. be afraid to, you're going to make mistakes. And it's, it's true because if you're every time you play a new board game you mess up something yep. the first one two three depends how many you know the, yeah there's some games we probably still play wrong to this yep. day so that's okay um but the rule book initially makes you feel like oh my goodness like i'm gonna definitely screw this up and you feel dumb even before you start <laughs> um but it wasn't so bad using the app and yeah, then it got helps. me more comfortable with even the flip book mm-hmm. and um it's, I mean, it's so well done. Yes. It's so well organized. It is as well done as it could possibly be. That's it. That's for sure. Yeah. So if, yeah, if anyone was to have done it, definitely it was him. And I I, I don't, there's criticisms of the game we'll get to, but yeah. I mean, I don't see a lot of what they could have done better really mm-hmm. out of the gate. Um, You know, I there's a lot of components. So this yeah. is the first game I've, you know, it's like a caverna. Like you want a, a, a utility box to put all of the components mm-hmm. in, or you'll never play it. Yep. I mean, you'll just you're gonna look at it and go Ugh, like ten, s- 10 billion baggies doesn't quite work. But the components themselves, they're almost all wood, right? Yeah, they're and, nice. And where they are chipboard, they're they're thick oh, it's chipboard. Good chipboard, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there's some paper money because Which at that point, single person grabs about. But <laughs> yes, but I, but what else could they have done there? Yeah. Like well, paper money fits exactly. <laughs> like, and, and if you're playing a module that you can count your currency in fives and tens, there's other chits that you can use instead, mm-hmm. of the, which uh, you can make do. Yeah. Or, you know, if you play a lot of uh, railroad games, you might already own poker chips. Right. As people tend to. So, you know, I yeah, I don't see the workaround, really. Mm-hmm. I, I no point even complaining about it. It's paper mm-hmm. money. Whatever. Use it or don't. Yep. There's alternatives. <laughs> yes. Play the other 348 games that don't use the paper money. Yeah. I don't know how many how many use the paper money. I don't. I know that's a good question. It luckily they give you the handy dandy. I know. I was just thinking. It's like, oh, there is an answer to that question. Let us see. The money is used in twenty-two percent of all. Oh no, that's the stock boards. Money. Where is the money? Uh oh no. I'm sorry, Jeff. It's needed in one hundred percent of all games. Oh, is it really? It is. Oh well then. But it's in it's in ones, fives, tens, and fifties. So yeah, we just use the chits that are for uh, income tokens. Right, right. Like we we'll just use those instead. There you if go. If you need to, or if you, unless if you, you need both. total aversion to paper money. But those are only used in eleven percent of games, so it's likely you could use those in lieu of whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't see a complaint there. To me, no. I'm like me, no. that's a moot point. Um, we haven't played with, like we've played. We tried out all of the modules, but not in as the top one. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, they're, they're definitely the the flavor one. I I don't know if there is 504 games that flavor module doesn't add, right. you know, necessarily the most, but it definitely could change it and mm-hmm. it's hard to say and you definitely will find a game you're like, "Okay, like I hadn't thought of playing, you know, 1830 uh train game with this weird uh, bolt-on." Mm-hmm. Um it definitely gets you to experience some gameplay that you would never think to do. 
No. Ever. Like with the uh, the world names of... Uh, oh, I do like the world names <laughs> in the flip book. You see, it's funny. Some people hated them. I thought they were ridiculous. I, I thought they were, again, a very... Uh, very humorous yeah it added a little bit of lightheartedness to this ridiculousness uh everyone has on the side of it a you know like the world of so you got the world of traveling uh the world of the world of restless the world of individual the world of combative the world of exploring uh the world of productive the world of the mightiest so it kind of gives you you know what that top one's going to be a world of publicly owned Mm -hmm. and then you get to the second one which is a a word like traders pioneers, industrialists, generals, explorers, road builders, big landowners, businessmen, and stock companies. So you kind of see, okay, so those are the, you know, the kind of approach I'm going to take to that module. Mm -hmm. And then you got your tweaks like pressed for time with a bias for individualism, with a potential for violence on the way to the unknown with connections, craving for recognition with production needs by external financing. Yes. Which uh, that last one so, always sounds the most daunting. So like uh so like uh 964 would be Let's see. 964. So 9 Just six, to give an idea of a potential game you could play. Absolutely. Uh for uh we would have There we go. So it's a shares roads military based thing. It would be called a world of publicly owned road builders with potential for violence. Perfect. (laughs) Like, how do you not want to play that? That sounds like my neighborhood (laughs) road builders as it is. It's great. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's as well organized as they could do it with the flip book. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. all color coded, um, little breakouts here and there. It's well explained. I, I didn't have anything really to complain about about that part that, that flip book might be the single greatest board game document in the history of board game documents it's a remarkable thing yes yeah i could i feel like this is he might have um this will be a game that's imitated in some way i would imagine like people are going to come up or they'll mm-hmm. they'll take apart they won't go this ambitious but they'll take parts of this i could see somebody merging this with like a legacy game Right. Where the rules of the game are something, and then an event happens in the game, and you turn a page in the flipbook, and that's now the rules of the game. Yeah. I could I could see that. I would like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, everything's going to be a legacy game going forward. Yeah, so. that's true. Every, every game is going to be horrifically broken. Yeah. <laughs> could you imagine? Like, the game testing phase of this, like, if this took them about, whatever, three and a half years, mm-hmm. uh, well, 2011 and, till now. And computer modeling. Yeah. Yes. Can you imagine how miserable this thing would be if you'd gotten any more ambitious? This was as ambitious as you could get with this. <laughs> Which brings, I guess, to the big, uh, you know, like the big complaints that people had about yeah. the game. Um, yeah, a couple big ones that come up is uh, it's too generic. Mm-hmm. And I agree. It is yep. incredibly generic. And sometimes the, you know, that delicious flavor of a game that we just described, uh, you won't you won't feel that in the look of the game Mm -hmm. and which, you know, it, it does kind of affect it a little bit. Um, to that, I would say if, if you really find some modules you really love and like, let's say you always play module nine and you always play module, whatever you go get some custom meeple. Yep. Absolutely. Go get some little warrior meeple, go get some little business suit meeple, go get whatever it is you need to, you know, spice this game up a bit. If that's like, if you've dialed into the thing you like about this game mm-hmm. and it's the genericness that's killing you do something about it. Yep. Um, I, I think that would, I, I would consider doing that at some point if I played enough of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
another you know complaint is that uh, a lot of the modules uh, aren't great as two-player games right and i yeah i would tend to agree um i think the big thing is that the maps don't scale that well and right. so you end up with uh like um when me and uh, my son were playing we would end up on the other side of the map and you feel like you're playing your so weird little solo game yeah. sometimes it's more of a race every time right yeah so it, it affects I, I every game i played uh we both felt we were like yeah that would have been more fun with three to four mm -hmm. uh even the boring games, though, that are so supposedly less interesting games that some people comment on, I, I think wouldn't have been so bad with three, four players. Mm -hmm. It would have been light. I like a pick up and deliver. That's all right. Yeah. You know, whatever. Three, four players. That would be, you would add some tension to it. Um, I think that with, yeah, with all of them I played, I had that same feeling. I was like, eh, I, I like what it does, but I don't fully like the execution mm -hmm. of it on a two player. So I don't know. I don't know how much. If, if, if two players just your thing so people claim some of the modules are great as two player i don't know yeah i don't see yeah, it you yet. haven't experienced that yet no but at the same time it wasn't such a turnoff that i won't try to find mm -hmm. or won't you know go look for those and dial into those yeah um i you know every time i haven't been like blown away yet right we've had fun uh two of them particularly we had we had more fun than others one right. was like this uh uh, I think it was a road building one with military and I built road system over to his side and then not thinking he just swept over using my roads and took them over my headquarters so that you know there's some ridiculous like you don't think of the consequences sometimes because right. you're like oh this is the weirdest two bits of game designed <laughs> to put together so some kind of fun weird spontaneous stuff comes out of it yeah um you know, and yeah, I, I don't know. All, all told, it has like a BGG rating of seven right now. Mm -hmm. Average rating with uh, only 605 ratings. And I think the problem yeah. is, how do you rate this game? Yeah, like when you've played 20 games, can you rate 504 games? <laughs> when you've played 100 games, exactly. can you rate it? Yeah. Yeah, and having played each game once even. <laughs> exactly. Like, how do you, yeah. And also at multiple player counts. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. It, it, yeah, I I think if, again, if you're really if you enjoy an experience and you're deep into gaming, you're gonna find something in here. Yeah, um, you're gonna get your money's worth out of the game. Yeah, it's not a cheap game. No, but, uh, either a yeah. If you're a designer, you will definitely. I've already was trying to prototype something on the weekend, and I pulled this out immediately. Yep. I was like, I need this and this. Oh, hey, five hundred four has it. I have the pieces for that. Absolutely, it's a great toolbox. Yeah, literally now a toolbox. <laughs> um, I think if you're interested in a unique experience or you want to, you know, there's sometimes you've played Catan and thought to yourself, <laughs> what if this were the, or you've played whatever Euro and you, sometimes the theme isn't always there for you and you'd like to, you know, bolt on something interesting or yeah. tweak it. This game kind of does that. Um, I could see some interesting one-offs come out of this mm -hmm. uh, that maybe do, if you find some perfect modules and he just will make a new game using that flavor and, or, you know, give it some more flavor, get rid mm -hmm. of the genericness and he might have some really great games. Um, yeah. Yep. I, uh, I think if you're going to play this game, like his idea was that you would pull this thing out and, you know, a group of people come over for game night. Hey Jeff, bring, you know, you and so-and-so come over and Hey, we're going to play 504. Great. We don't know anything about it. Please teach us. Okay. Flip, 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 flip. Don't do that. Just, no. Just like figure out a module that you'd like to play beforehand, learn it, mm -hmm. 
uh, unless you played a lot of them, in which case yep. you might be able to get away with it. But for yep. the first or few if, times, or if your gaming group are those people that just get things right away, because there are you know there's one guy in our group. I think would have no problem picking would, up. Any I would of these. let him set it up. Yes, yeah. first game, I would just be like, "Here you go, dude. You set the game up. We'll come back in." Because he just five internalizes minutes. rules in ten seconds. Yeah, like, oh, I see what's happening. Okay, so if you're not a robot, <laughs> yes, no, he's amazing. I wish I could do that. Uh, I, I think for a lot of people, it would be uh, maybe a bit tedious on your first playthrough mm-hmm. on a game night to go, "Okay, rule seven six three, let's figure this out, guys," and then half an hour later. And that could be a bit of a killer mm-hmm. for everybody. But then again, the, the other side, you know, if you are playing with a game group, don't be afraid to just go, yep, that's the rule, and just play it that way. Uh, yeah, I right? think so. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think you, yeah, why not? You can't slag the game afterward if you played it wrong, but why not? Yeah. I think it invites that. It's about playing the game, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, it might not be the easiest game to, though, to bust out with a group of new gamers. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time I've showed... Uh, I had some family over at Christmas and I, I broke it out and uh, their eyes all glossed over. Yes. Everyone looked at this and kind of stepped back from it and went, that looks amazingly hard. And I do not <laughs> want to be in any of those worlds, right? Honestly. Yeah. So yeah. let's go play Trick Ticket to Ride. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I could I could see that. It's not a good game to launch on um, non-experienced gamers maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, was there any other things that hit you about it? Like, how did you feel when you first saw it? You said you thought, "Oh, that looks really amazing." And I great. had I had very very high expectations for it when it was first announced. Yeah, and then over uh, the time between it was announced and when it came out, and when I learned about it, I I realized it was not going to hit my expectations hmm. of of five hundred and four very different games. Yeah, it really is more like having 504 flavors of ice cream it is they're all good yeah you know it's nice to have the choice um but i also feel like with my personality i would be overwhelmed by the choice a lot and i wouldn't play right because it's it's too much huh um but that's me now i you know i'll come over and play it yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> when somebody else it's easier um but that's uh so you wouldn't just pick random, like there is a deck of cards to randomize it. You wouldn't go through that? Or? Maybe. I don't know. I'd always feel like I was just missing, missing out. It. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like the ice cream, I'd be eating it going, this is very good. But I'd be looking over there going like, oh, but there's all those other ones I could have had. Yeah. Oh, pecan. Yeah. I like pecans. Yeah, exactly. I wish we had chosen the military ice cream. <laughs> I want to pick up and deliver. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's sort of my feeling on it. I But I am, I am still... Uh, awed by it amazed by it Mm. the fact that it exists and it's in the form it's in which is very impressive yeah that they scaled it into this Mm -hmm. that i can fit it all in a large it's a power grid size box yeah uh and that's uh that's amazing because i I didn't know what was coming i expected like a caverna plus box like Mm -hmm. a double deep huge monstrous or twilight imperium box like it's just going to take up my whole room it's it's reasonable like it's shocking that it, it is, it is, is an, as small as it is. Yeah, really, it's an impressive amount of stuff. Yeah, but like you said before, with the the fact that it can be generic, that's the blessing too. The fact that it is generic yeah. allows you to do so much with. You don't want to say so little because it is a lot of stuff. Well, if it wasn't generic, this would have been like a three hundred dollar game. Yes, and it would weigh like forty five pounds. Like I, it's you can't have it both ways. No, um, and so yeah, I, I think it'd be unfair to to really complain too much about that mm-hmm. it it does feel generic and it, it, at times that does take away from it but yeah right like I said, 
we'll fix it if we need to. Um, I guess the other thing I found interesting was, uh, you know, as uh, on Board Game Geek, Freeze was going through the list of uh, explaining each module that he had chosen, and he kind of. Uh, he broke down explaining, he goes, first module was a war game, and then he goes, risk style. So he kind of po- points out a board game on the side um, for each of the modules. So he had, you know, uh, war game, risk. The second one, he had a pick up and deliver, transport. Uh, he had the game uh, Alf Axa. Uh, the third module, Catan. Uh, the fourth module, Network Street Building, Transamerica. Fifth module, Exploring, Entdecker. Sixth module, Racing, Formula D. Seventh module, Majority, El Grande. Eighth module, auction, auctioning, special cards, factories, changing turn orders, taxes, outpost. Ninth module, stocks and share companies, 1830. And I thought that was great because it kind of gives you a little bit of a, you kind of like, yeah, okay, I see that. Like mm-hmm. he, you, he, Where he was starting from with each genre. Yeah, yeah. just laying out his roots. And I, I, you know, I like that he has a game like Risk as is one of the, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you kind of have to pick these games that are very broad mm-hmm. and, and generic themselves in a way to build so it's like you're you're taking genericness to build in more genericness, and yeah, you're gonna have generic pie. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I I think for playing with kids, even uh, it wasn't bad. Yeah, my my son had a lot of fun. Uh, he wanted to play more of it. Like it came up recurrent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, as long as I was able to, you know, get the rules straightened out, it wasn't a turnoff for him. Like the complexity of it, I right. think it in fact in, kind of entranced him. Yes. And I think there was something kind of magical about this whole thing. Like, man, there's just all this world. And it, I think he was drawn into that. Mm-hmm. So it didn't, you know, for an adult, it's a little like, oh, this is too generic. But for a kid, it was like, oh, wow, this mm-hmm. is just possibilities. Yeah. Um, and those, you know, those simplistic games sometimes are really fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think if we had, again, a couple more people, I think he would have had a like a absolute blast kicking my butt in military stuff. Well, he did anyway. Yes. With two players, but I would have had more fun. <laughs> um he might have picked on someone else if there's exactly <laughs> everybody so yeah i would definitely recommend people check it out mm-hmm. uh again if i think if it if you're if you've listened to all this and you're willing to go through you know what you need to kind of you know, put yourself through to uh engage it i think it's just you're going to walk away um enriched i think as a gamer mm-hmm. i think you you can't, you have an appreciation of what he did an appreciation of just game design in general yeah because you go oh so just to make this this bit of magic happen is a feat but it makes you realize like okay well here's the corners you have to shave off or here's the thing decisions you have to make in mm-hmm. order to make a game work yeah um so it's a beautiful experience as a game as a game design tool as a game design yeah just all, all of it, the philosophy of game design, everything is in this box. So I think if that's the angle you're interested in, this is definitely the game. And I think a lot of people that are interested in that yep. definitely picked it up immediately and went, yeah, okay, I have to play this. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we will have many years of fun ahead of us. Yes. I mean, you've, you've got a good 470 some odd more games to go. There's a lot. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Too many. There's a zillion more games to go. It's going to be good. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you had any games that you liked in particular in this one, uh, if you had any thoughts about it or uh, you just wanted to say how much you hate everything, <laughs> hit us up at breakingdads.com and, uh, or shout at me over at Twitter uh, at Epic Gumdrop. Until next time, I've been James. And I'm still Jeff.